All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Of Like Minds video podcast, episode seven, featuring a very awesome friend of mine, Jazzy Atiles, super awesome woman, UCLA, Latina, killing it in the game right now, still out in LA thriving. Uh, Jazzy, thank you for coming on and giving us your time today. Thank you for having me. Yay. So just kind of starting uh, where you grew up and what that was like navigating through that. Yeah, so I'm from the Imperial Valley, and most people are like, I know where that is. And I'm like, do you, though? <laughs> uh, so, so if you look at the map of California, and you go all the way like past Coachella, past like the Salton Sea, and there's this little tiny town right next to the border, that's where I'm from. So it's Imperial Valley. It's about like three, ha- three and a half hours away. Um, and I grew up there pretty much my whole life. Um, it's a small kind of like agriculture town. So you'll see a lot of fields, um, nothing fancy like here in LA, you don't see these tall buildings. It's just nice and flat. (laughs) (laughs) So smaller town, born and raised Imperial Valley. Um, what was it like growing up there and what was the demographic like there? Like it's my hometown. So to me, it's always going to be like a special place, right? Like mm-hmm. you grow up in your hometown to you. That's kind of all, you know, right? When you grow up there, it's like a bubble. So you're in this bubble, you're in the small town community. Um, it's a good mix. I mean, being next to the border, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of Mexican people, Hispanic people, um, Caucasian, like it's a good little mix. Um, growing up though, like it's like, it's a small town. So, you know, everyone, my high school had a graduating class of like 150 students. Whoa. So it's like, it's, you know, everyone and you know, the next class or the class before you. And, um, I mean, when you grow up there, it's kind of like all I knew was school and sports. Like that's what kept me going. Um, and I was like, I'm smart like you know I had like big dreams and big goals Mm -hmm. and so that's always been something I've had since I was little like um yeah it just kind of carried through and I think that's the one like saving grace I had of like that are giving me these new opportunities of like okay great I was great at academics Mm -hmm. I was part of different clubs um I played sports I did like year-round swimming since like the fifth grade Um, so I always was involved in something. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it was just a constant, like, go, go, go. Um, and, but even then, like, you know, you got one mile, you got, (laughs) you got a small movie or like when, when you, the first time we got an in and out, I remember that was the biggest thing. And in and out had been around for so long, like Mm -hmm. you're in LA and stuff. And then for us, it came like in high school. And it was like the brand new, like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like this is amazing. Yeah. And like, so it's kind of funny going back to my hometown now, cause it's kind of like, you can see the growth that has happened. Mm. Like we got an olive garden now y'all, like we coming <laughs> up, like, <laughs> like get that garlic bread. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was a small, small town, a good mix of everyone. Um, I never really experienced like, anything difficult if that makes sense like mm. there like I didn't have to worry about like being bullied or anything like I was always in like this, the good classes if you want to say mm. um so so that is an interesting point like if you if you take a look like well what if I had been on this end because I know so many people from my hometown that have stayed in my hometown mm. and 
and it's kind of like well why is that or like why is it that some people have gone off to college but they went back and it's kind of like what what does that mean for mm. my town like was our school preparing us enough was um did we have like the sources to fund ourselves to go off to college mm. like what does that mean and and when you come from a small hometown it's like it gets so scary sometimes when you go off to like these bigger colleges just because like I remember and I'm going to tangent it now into <laughs> a little bit of UCLA but um I remember showing up to my freshman orientation and you know like we all had like groups of little sevens like you would this would be your group for the orientation period mm. I remember everyone in my orientation group was like oh yeah well I had like 10 AP classes and I got fives mm. on everything and I literally was like my school only offered three of these um and to be honest I only passed one like well I was just gonna I was just gonna ask you what you talked about your graduating class being 150 and going to a, a bit of a smaller school I was gonna ask you what those resources were like at your school and you know if you were able to even take advantage of that just if it was if it was limited or not I mean like it's so weird to think about because when you're in it, it, it feels fine. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, great. I have AP classes I can take. Um, I have teachers that will support me. Um, and I have teachers that I can go to for advice that want to see me succeed. Um, and obviously these were like my teachers, other teachers. I mean, it, it's like a mixed bag, right? Like you get some people I'm like, and eh, get in my class, do your work, leave. And, um, outside of that like I never felt like oh I don't have the same like in order to get into the school like I need to be doing this this and this right like I think I felt I felt like I had enough to keep me going and go into college but then when I was in college there were moments of like well why didn't why didn't I learn this or mm. or moments of like am I dumb like I was like number one at my high school. Why do I feel like I'm number 107 here in this class? Mm. And I think that was, that part was probably one of the hardest things to like grasp uh, in terms of like, did I get prepared enough? Did I learn enough? Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's like, is it, is it just me not being able to adapt to this new environment? Is it me not taking advantage of some of these resources that mm -hmm. I didn't really need to ask for in high school? So it was kind of like a new scary territory to be like, well, this professor has like 300 students versus mm. my one English teacher who had a class of like 50 max, like, you know? Yeah. So it's like you build those interpersonal relationships in high school that I feel you don't necessarily get to build in college sometimes because it's, it's like a, it's at another level yeah and so you absolutely. have to be comfortable and you have to break that and i think when you grow up in a tiny little bubble yeah um like you get used to, it's literally that sense of community and you feel it so sometimes mm -hmm. when you go to a bigger thing you're like right like a small fish in a big pond yeah so so kind of going back to when you were talking about going to orientation and this transition to uh, ucla a uh, huge public university coming from this the small town that you were from um, you kind of said that you experienced a little bit of those difficulties in class. So what was that transitional period like? Well, it was, it was so, it was weird. Like you go from tiny hometown to big Los Angeles. And thankfully my roommate 
also went to my high school. So that was, I think that was one of the kind of almost like a little saving grace there too, to have someone that I can like talk to if I felt like overwhelmed or like there's all these new people, like how do I interact with them? Like, where are they from? Like how, you know what I mean? And like trying to navigate the space of like, what's going on? It's literally a brand new world. It's like a brand new start. Like, here you go, like throw you off and see if you swim or sink. Um, And so I think, which brings me back to thinking, well, why is it some people went back to my hometown? And I'm sometimes I'm like so thankful. Like I had my roommate to be able to talk to her, to be able to be like, I'm like stressed out. Like I, I was, when I started at UCLA, I was a biology major, a psychobiology major. That's right. Um, So I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. Like, this is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. Like, I'm going to fulfill like so many things. And it was something that I also, when you go in and transition, you think you know what you want to do. And then you realize, holy shit, this is hard. Like, Mm. this is, this is actually a lot harder than I thought it would be. And like navigating, like learn, relearning. It's like a relearning type of thing of like, how does my professor like this? How do I have to interact with these students now? Who is it that I can go to? Like, there's all these different factors that I think when you're in high school, when you might have the same teacher for like your sophomore year and your senior year, like Mm -hmm. you have that family that goes with you. And at school, it's like a brand new territory. So transitioning over, like, I would like to say like, oh yeah, it was so easy. Like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) Like, it was hard. It was, and I don't, like, you have to find ways to be like, okay with it. You know, like you have Mm -hmm. to find ways to acknowledge like what you're feeling rather than bottling it in. And like, I think that's such a crucial thing for any freshman going into college, right? Like, it's all these like questions. It's a mixture of excitement and nerves and like fear and happy, like all these mixes of emotions. And like for someone who, you know, like I experienced that, but like having to do it on a larger scale, it's like, mm. it's hard to grapple with sometimes. And it's like, can I succeed? Can I stay at this prestigious school and ace everything or get that GPA that I need to pass on to the next year or how how am I affording all of this and it's all these other questions that like make you kind of grow up a little bit mm. um I mean you don't, you know yeah so what was that conversation like when you started psychobio and then you eventually made the major switch what was that conversation even like because you have to imagine like you're going to school and you're like I know some people, they kind of stick through it because they're like, I'm investing all this money. So that's a huge decision. What was, what was that conversation like? So, (laughs) (laughs) so I was so convinced I was going to be, go to pre-med, be a doctor, right? I had, I was so convinced, but the truth was not really like if you, my senior year, when I found out that I got accepted into UCLA, I spent so long debating between biology and communications those who i struggled so much and i put my gut decision rather than trusting what i wanted to do i fell back onto what is my what do my parents want me to do 
Mm. I've been told, you know, make money, make money, get a job, make money, do that. And it's like, mm, well, do I really like science? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm good at it here in high school, but what does that mean on a bigger level? And is that what I want to be doing for the rest of my life, right? But like coming from a Hispanic family, you, you, you carry that, right? Like your, mm-hmm. your grandparents are like, oh, when you're a doctor, you can take care of me, right? So there's this like added pressure on you and you're kind of just like, oh, okay, well, got to be a doctor. And your parents are like, well, you know, make money. You're like, okay, well, doctors make a lot of money, right? And then it's like, even talking to like some teachers, it's like, well, I'm struggling with this. Like, do I want to, do I want to do biology? Like, I think communication sounds really fascinating. Like, it's actually really cool. Something, an opportunity to learn something different. And it's like, well, why would you do communications when you can do like, do so much more with biology? Like, what opportunities does that give you? And so that's kind of what made my choice of like, okay, well, I'm going to pick biology. Let's see how this goes. And in those two years, I struggled through some of like, some of these classes that were so hard for me. Mm. Like I thought I was so smart. And then I got into these classes and I was like, oh, girl, like, <laughs> right there, like you need to put more effort than you did in high school. Basically, mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. you need to, you need to study two times as much. You, you can't just like go to class, listen, absorb it. And then be like, great, mm-hmm. I'm good for the, I'm good for that final or whatever. It was like, you had to put that extra effort. And it was, it was something, it was a mix of like, okay, well, I have school. I'm like exciting, like trying to make new friends, like trying to get involved in like a sorority. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like you make mistakes, right? Your freshman year, you, you learn like, mm, you should hang out with these people so much anymore. Um, and it's like that balance of, of trying to figure it all out. And um And for me, it's like, I think I got to a point where there was one class. I will always remember this class. It was, um, well, I don't remember the title. I just remember the class (laughs) being in there. But uh, it was, it was a math class and it was like the last one of the series. And it was like, I'm sorry, whoever out there likes this, good for you, but I hate it. Like probability Mm. and theory. And like, it was it like my brain took so much to try to figure it out and it made no sense to me. It made no sense. And I got so frustrated. I'm like, why do I have to take this class to be a doctor? Like mm-hmm. what, of, what about this has anything to do with being a doctor? Like it, it drove me nuts. And the professor, I did not like the professor, did not think he was a good professor um he would call people out like it was just a toxic kind of class Mm. and I failed it like I failed it I had to retake it and the second time I took it it still didn't make any sense (laughs) to me and I was like I have a different teacher like hopefully this works now and it was still so hard for me and then on top of that it was my sophomore year I had to finish all of this physics before being able to qualify for this prerequisite to continue on with the major that I was in. And I was like, okay, well, I'm looking at the time and I'm looking at my class schedule. Where is that going to fit? Like, what, what does that mean? And right in your, I'm also adding this added stress of like, I'm going to graduate in four years. Like I'm going to graduate in four years. Like I have to. 
or else I'm behind or, you know, I'm adding my own pressures on myself. Yeah. And, of like trying to be the best or whatever. But, um, <laughs> and it's like, and so I was like, okay, like what, what programs are available for me? And there was a, a study abroad program that everyone goes to like Sussex university. In That's England. right. Yes. Um, and you take basically the whole summer there, um, you're taking physics, but you're taking like what you would do a year of at UCLA and condense that into three months. Mm -hmm. And like, everyone's like, Oh, it's easy. Like you can totally get an A when you go out there. I'm like, cool shit. Like I'm about to finish physics in three months and go to England. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know? And so I was like, okay, great. Like there's that, like, it was like, I felt like a ticking time bomb in order to get to that prerequisite to continue with my major. Right. Mm. Like I had this schedule, but then there was all these other factors that I still needed to fit in. And it's like, fuck, I failed math. Like what can I be doing in order to like continue on and like continuously talking to my counselors? Like, what else do I need? They're like, Oh, well, you also need this physics class or, um, the psych class is a psych class. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, how do I get that class? Like it's closed. Like, yeah. what do I do? You know? And so there's all these other like stressful factors that you're like, Oh my God, if I don't get in, like I can't continue on. And so I was grappling with all of this, right? grappling with the fact that like oh my god like am I gonna go on to my like continue on with my psychobio major like do I need to change my major like do I need to be like just a biology major do I need to be just a psych major do I even like this stuff like it was all of these questions and I went to England uh, that summer and before junior year and I remember being like we had like little, what they call them flats. So it was kind of cool. Like, I was like, this is nice. Like I got my own room, like shoot, my own bathroom. I, was like, I, can, I can seriously live here. Um, and so we would right, we would take our like uh, physics classes there and then we would like have homework and we would go back to our flats. And that was like restarting at another school too. So then mm. you have those little factors of like, well, I don't know anyone here, like, and I'm in England, like, another yeah. freaking country, like, what, it, like, I, it's I don't a lot. have someone to talk to about how I'm feeling, and, like, I had this little prepaid phone, like, I didn't want to hack my iPhone, so I had this little prepaid little phone, yeah. and, like, you can't text, I had to stick my head out the window to be like, hello, someone <laughs> here, like, it was, it was crazy, and I had a moment, and I don't know how I had this moment. And I had a moment of like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't mm. want to, I don't want to be in this major. I'm like looking at my physics textbook going, I don't care about this. Like, I mm. don't want to do any of this. And, and it was so hard for me to be like, oh my God, like, what do I do? Like, I'm in a freaking different country right now. And yeah. like, I don't know if my counselor is going to see my email because how many hours are we ahead? And like, it was all this stress. And like, I remember trying to call my mom on my prepaid phone to like out the window, like going, Hey mom, like, cause my mom's kind of like always been my confidant. Like mm -hmm. I talk to her, I feel comfortable talking to her and getting like an honest answer mm -hmm. and like supportive answer. Um, so I, I felt safe going to her and being like, I'm going to do this. Like, I think this is what I'm going to do. Um, 
and I mean, she's like, you do what you need to do, basically. Like, yeah. there was there was no added pressure of like, well, what about being a doctor or what does that mean? And I had a moment of like, okay, well, fuck, I'm changing my major. What do I do now? Like, you know, and it's like, okay, well, there's all these, unfortunately, at UCLA, there's like prerequisites, right, to go into certain mm-hmm. majors. Yeah. So it's like communications, what I wish I would have started with. <laughs> You like, you read it and you're like, oh, this sounds so cool. Like, I love it. And then like in the fine print, you're like, you need to have so-and-so by this time before you're in junior. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess not that. And so it was, it was all these factors of like, in retrospect, maybe I would have gone about it differently, but in the time I was like, okay, well, what can I do? Like, what do I like? And I've always loved English. Like I've always loved literature. Like I've always loved books. I've always loved stories and and what does that mean and like imagining your head and like picturing all these things and just I love that so much and I so I was like you know what like I've taken a few English classes here at UCLA and I really liked them like I enjoyed those um and so and I look I took a look at my classes I'm like what have I done I was like oh well I've done this and I've done that and I was like I think I could switch into English and I remember emailing the counselor because I think like two days or three days later we had to pick classes like we would get those like time frames where yeah online <laughs> stressful so stressful so, it was the most stressful thing so imagine <laughs> doing that having that like coming up and then being like well I'm having a whole whole change of my life right now like oh my god and it's like okay like emailing them trying to get a hold of them being like hi i'm this is like a super hail mary throw to you right now like i want to switch into the english major i promise you i'm gonna switch into the english major when i come back like how can i be doing this like i'm in england right now like if there's yeah. a way i could go to the offices at the at school like what can i do and thankfully the counselor who for the english major department she she was like oh like you took this class like English comp 4D or whatever. And it was like, so that can actually uh, fulfill one of the requisites for your, the entry English classes in order for you to continue on. So it like helps. She basically replaced one class for another. And I was Mm like, yes, like, okay, great. (laughs) And like, she held my spot in one of the English classes. So I was like, yes, like, okay. And I had, I switched. No, it was easy as that. I had signed up for my classes that I would be doing um, when we came back from summer, right? Like uh-huh. that first first semester or whatever. So this is junior year, third year, right? So you yeah. come back that summer? Cool. Okay. So so going into my junior year, I would have I would be an English major. Mm. Um, and I remember I was like, oh my God, like I got it. I was so excited. And then I still had to do physics all summer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And it's so funny because when I came back my, my junior year um, and I went to the English like department area and like switch it out and they were like going through my transcript and they're like, oh, you studied abroad. Like, what did you read? Like Shakespeare and did you get to experience this? Like, right, like, oh, I'm an English major. It's the perfect time. My ass didn't even think about that. My ass is just like, I'm focusing on switching and yeah. that's it and I'll finish physics like I didn't even think I could switch my classes out there and so when I told her I was like oh no I took physics all summer and she, she just her face her face was like okay. <laughs> like 
Well, I was just going to ask you just going from, and for those of you that are listening in that don't know, um, there's North Campus and South Campus at UCLA. And so you're going from a South Campus major, predominantly sciences, all that kind of stuff to, to North Campus, a little more open-ended, a little bit more um, majors where you can question things. And so what was, what was that like? You obviously kind of saw it already in your professor being like physics. So what was that like? <laughs> it was, I mean, for me, it felt like a weight off my shoulders mm. um, going from South Campus to North Campus, not only for like my own like personal, emotional, like what I want to do kind of thing, like that weight was off, but also even like, I just feel like the pressure within the classes, like, come on, like South, everyone in South Campus wants to be like pre-med or it's like highly competitive. Very intense, very intense. It's very intense. And and you feel it within the students. And when you go to North Campus, there still is that competition, but it's more of like a your own kind of journey mm. in those classes where it's like, I don't think people are really like, what did you get on your, what, what score did you get? <laughs> like, oh my God, you know? Like, I need to beat you so I can be number one in this class. Like, yeah. there was none of that. And that was just such a relief. And it was such a relief to be able to speak about things or like, what does this period mean at the end of the sentence? Like, you know, like you used your brain in a different way. And mm -hmm. I love that. And yeah. I, I thought that was amazing. And it was still hard. Like there are still some students that are so eloquent and like, you know, you're like, when you're sitting in your class going, okay, like <laughs> this person is clearly using their big words here. Whereas I would have been like, you know, like, this paragraph is about love or something, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's funny. Like you have different levels of everyone at, at school and sometimes it's hard to not compare yourself to be mm -hmm. like, should I be on that level of like going that deep into the book Yeah. or is what I'm doing enough? Um, and I think that's one of the hardest things to grapple with. It's like, but I think definitely going from South campus where I think that pressure was up here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it, it was just easier to breathe. And I think people were more willing to work together in terms of like, let's all try to figure out what this means or like group projects, like, right. It's more holistically like you, you're, you have the opportunity to move and speak with people um, on a different level, like intellectually and like literally pick someone's brain and be like, well, why is it that you see it that way? And I see it this way and mm. have that conversation whereas in a science major it's like well there's not really that wiggle room right there's like a there's a definite answer like here's the answer to that problem yes and that's it there's there's no gray area yeah um which i think north campus majors and they're so different right like you have your theater majors you have your uh desma majors you have mm -hmm. english majors you have yeah. like you know what i mean and there yeah. it's just a a different flavor mm -hmm. in a, a different world that I think is so much broader um, and you get to experience a little bit more in, the, in those areas so so when people ask you like oh well you're an English major well what are you gonna do with that you know and it's like well actually you could probably do a lot like yeah beyond just being a teacher like so many people think oh you're an English major you're gonna be a teacher I'm like yeah, that, that whole stigma of just already being pigeonholed into doing something and um, just going to ask you 
you're, you're, you're kind of beaming with this like glow and just this excitement, even talking about it now, which is awesome. So I guess, how did that affect you? Like would that attitude change? Just your last two years at UCLA, you're doing a major switch, but you're, you're realizing that the environment helps facilitate for better, just a vibe for you to learn. And so what, what, how did that affect you moving forward into ultimately finishing at UCLA? I mean, it definitely, it definitely helped me feel less pressure, like less stress of like, am I going to graduate? Like I failed a class. Like, what does that mean? You know? Mm. And it was more of a, it became like a, a focus of like, well, what am I, what am I going to do next? Right? Like mm. when people are constantly like, well, you're in English, what are you going to do? Right. And it's like, well, my mom's a teacher. Right. I see that mm-hmm. side. I've seen that. I don't think I got the patience to deal with kids like <laughs> love them but I've been in my mom's class like you know um and it's kind of like okay well what is it that I like right um I ended up getting also like a theater minor because I was so interested in art one but there's there's no art minor at UCLA mm-hmm. so there's only and then I was like okay well what's what's the next thing and I was like theater I think <laughs> you know like question mark like does that logic make sense <laughs> yeah um and it was another area that's a little bit different from English but it, it it dived into like okay your play your screenwriting um what does it mean to act and like it was just another creative space right um and so the, having those two things my last my last two year I think really helped me and help me think about later what would come later, I guess, because I still didn't know what I was going to do once I was almost close to graduating. Help kind of build and solidify, like, actually, I kind of want to do this, you know? Like, this is really interesting, like, the mixing of this, and what does that mean? And, and okay, if I can't get it applied to film school right now, because I'm already a junior, you know? Mm. Like, what is what does all this mean? Like, what are the, I kept, this sounds so bad, but I kept going for like, well, I can't get this. So what's the next closest thing. Right. Mm. You know? And like, maybe in retrospect, I would go back and do things a little differently and be like, girl, like go apply. Fuck it. Like stay here for six years, you know? (laughs) Um, But it was one of those things where it's like, at the time I was so focused on trying to finish in four years. Like I was so focused on that, that, it, it consumed me a little. So it's like, okay, well, can't do communications. Well, English is really similar. Well, can't do art or the film right now. Well, you know, theater's a mix of those two. Um, and it would give me that opportunity to kind of explore both, right? So um, kind of taking those and going forward with them and, and, and feeling lighter and feeling a little bit more motivated to find what interests me truly. Mm. I think is what kept me going, you know, like you have your classes and like college is hard, no matter what major you're in, Yeah. no matter what major you're in, college is hard. Like, absolutely. It doesn't me saying like, Oh, well, when I switched to North, it became sunshine and rainbows. No, there was times where I still no. cried. I had a 40 page paper on <laughs> why chivalry does or does not exist. Like, who <laughs> cares? Like, who cares? And I remember being so stressed out and like going to my, my, it was like your last, like, it was your senior thesis class for the mm-hmm. English major. 
And I was like, why do I not, why do I have to write 40 pages on this? <laughs> why? What, what does this do oh, to anyone God. outside of, outside of this, this classroom, you know? Yeah. And so, so there's learning, there's learning that too of like, well, sorry, I don't want to be a professor. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like, I love reading and I love the stories there, but sometimes writing about some of the material in there, I'm like, whoo, okay, let me think. <laughs> like, let me sit, like, you know, and you're like, oh man, I'm only 35 pages in. Like, I need five more. What, where do I go back and like add something? Or like, <laughs> you're like, oh, does this make sense? Like, you know, like everyone goes through that. I'm so, yes. if, you, if you do not go through that, okay, like you're on another level, but you can't, you can't look me in the eye and be like, well, you know, on one paper, I kind of like, was like, let me add a few sentences here. That's kind of sound like you're saying the same thing, just in a different way. Absolutely. Like, 40 pages. <laughs> you know, of like, why chivalry is alive and dead. I think I definitely wrote chivalry is dead. Sorry, y'all, whoever thinks yeah. that. <laughs> um love y'all but it's um yeah no it was I mean those last two years it was it was a blast and you're thinking about just the different experiences you have right like not only did I have like my schoolwork I had like Samahong like mm -hmm. I had I had a community of of people and other activities outside of my work that like helped me feel good and like and that was not that was from freshman year to senior year like mm -hmm. having those and like some people watching this are probably like Samaha is she Filipino like I don't see it she just said she was a uh, Mexican person like what <laughs> it's open to anyone <laughs> yeah it's open and it's, it's like a, it's an open community and I think that was such a it was such a blessing because I made so many so many friends that mm. to be honest I probably wouldn't have made like I would have thought mm, I'm, I'm not Filipino I can't go in this group you know Mm. Um, but it was such a blessing to have a community and another culture that is so similar I felt to mine mm -hmm. like in terms of like our beliefs and what we feel passionately about um, and like growing up with family pressures and like like you know it, they, they align so well and I yeah. think that was such a saving grace for me it was having people that I now can call lifelong friends mm -hmm um to keep me going so when I was like switching completely it's like oh well there's someone else who kind of did something like that too like let me talk to them mm -hmm. um or like what do you think about this you know what I mean and so that was I think that was really nice too to also just continue to have that um going through and finishing out and I don't think I to be honest I sometimes I wonder I'm like man if I didn't have some of these like resources like what I have graduated to even, even with like being so happy in my new major, like, cause there's still challenges there. Absolutely. Like, you and know, it's the things outside of the classroom in college. I feel like is where we, is where we learn the most and where we grow the most, those interactions outside, like you said. So shout out to Samahong for taking in Jazzy and giving <laughs> her many lifelong friends. Um, I think on top of that too, just, I know for those that maybe just going to college or in college, I know a big thing too that I would be wondering is just how do you afford to do things and how did you balance, you know, being in a major, very rigorous major, then transitioning extracurriculars. And then I don't know if you did work during college or kind mm -hmm. of what was that like? So when was it? I think 
my junior year. Yeah. My junior year, I was like, okay. Cause right. My first two years I was science major, mm -hmm. super stressed. I was like, I don't have time to work. Like mm -hmm. I thank God for financial aid and <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> and like, I'm so thankful for like my parents too. Cause my parents definitely helped me out. Like mm -hmm. they were, they were there for me. They, they never, like as sometimes as embarrassed as I was to like give them the phone call to be like, Hey, can you help me? Like, yeah, they were there and they helped me out. So, um, obviously sometimes that's not always available, but you know, at one point my junior, year, I was like, okay, I feel comfortable. Like new major. I feel like I got this. And I was like, I should probably get a job. Like so many places like, well, you need experience. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, yeah. And I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I still didn't, you know, it's kind of dumb and was like, didn't apply to internships when I should have. Um, so I was like, okay, well a job, right? That's experience. Um, and I, so I got work study and I got work study for the hammer museum. Mm, that's right. I, I used to work at the hammer museum and it was, it was a good lesson. <laughs> how so how so how so in terms of just like patience um because my job was literally the person that goes my photos please don't touch <laughs> i was that person with a pencil skirt in the corner that's like oh you know yeah. and like i was told you're not allowed to talk to the patrons like you must be visible at all times on the security cameras it was like a security job right mm -hmm. and i was like it used to get so quiet like there would be no one in, in the area that I was at. And I'm like, can I sit down? And I would go sit down in my little chair for like two seconds. And then we had earpieces and they would go, Jasmine, um, we don't have eyes on you. Where are you? And I'm like, <laughs> like oh didn't go anywhere. Like, don't worry. Like it was, it like literally taught me some patience of being <laughs> like, this is silent. What should I be doing? Um, and I remember they used to give us like a tiny little, like the size of an iPhone, like imagine like a notepad paper, with yeah. a little stick pencil that doesn't have the eraser on it. Oh God. And, and I'm like, why did they give us this? Like, you know, like what, are, what, are, what am I supposed to be doing? So I used to take my English major prompts. I would write them down on that paper <laughs> and I would use those four hours. Cause it, I think I only worked like four hours, like, right. Like half part-time. So it was yeah, like four yeah. hours a day and it's work study. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to use this time wisely if I'm going to be staying here doing nothing. Absolutely. And so I would write my prompts and I would like, well, let me think about that. Okay. Okay. Like, you know, like writing my essays on these papers. And then, but when I went back home, I would just rip them out the page and then I would stick them in my pocket. <laughs> go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to the, uh, my apartment <laughs> at the time. And, um, yeah, I, that, that was my first, that was my first like real job out of like college. Right. How long did you do that for? I, I didn't survive that long. <laughs> <laughs> so two it was no it was it was a really short period of time i think it was like uh maybe like four six months four or five oh that's four to six months that's but, a lot um, to <laughs> but i was i hated it so much because it was so boring like mm, yeah it was mind-numbing it, it literally was like i'm looking at the same art a billion times and it's like, I love art, 
but if I can't speak to anyone about it or like, mm. I'm a social person. So when you're told, you're telling me I can't talk to anyone that I see that comes in and I have to be quiet. And literally my one thing is like, no photos, don't touch. It, it, it gets a little like, oh, like, mm. come on, what can I be doing? And I remember talking to one of my roommates at the time and I was like, I need a new job. Like, what, what can I, I should start looking. And she, she literally goes, Oh, I have a friend who works at uh, Nike town in Beverly Hills. <laughs> and she's like, I think they're, they're looking for people. And I was like, really? Like, please, anything, like give anything, like I'll give her my resume. And uh, thankfully she like hooked it up. She like, she called her friend for me. Like I sent her my resume and literally that same day she goes, the interview is tomorrow. Can you go? And I was like, Oh my God. Like, okay, sure. And thankfully the, I remember this, the, the dress attire was like dress in like your Nike vest, right? Like dress like you, you would work out or something like casual. It wasn't like a suit or anything. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't own anything Nike cause I didn't own anything Nike at the time because to be honest, it was a little pricey. Like, well, yeah, yeah. It's a little pricey. Yeah. Like, your girl got her leggings from like Forever Twenty One for like ten, <laughs> like you know, like and they were fine. Yeah. Um, but I remember going to my roommate, going, "Do you have anything? Like, I need something." And she, thankfully, she had like a black zip up that said like Nike on it. So I wore like my black leggings, and I borrowed her running shoes, which were Nike. Oh and it was just, it was just so funny because like I was like, okay, well here I go. And it's like, this was like a group interview. It was my first time doing a group mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. I remember going, it was Beverly Hills one. It was also my first time in Beverly Hills. I was like, whoa, what is this area? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, oh, it's that song, right? <laughs> yeah, Hills. Um, and I remember going into Nike town. It was two stories. And they told me, go wait up in the second floor by the basketball area. I was like, okay, cool sat there there's a bunch of other people sitting there then they took us to this back room and we had like a a circle and like um they had their little their little questions that they had prepared for us and I was like oh my god okay great like I got this like oh what's a uh difficult encounter you faced or something I'm like easy got that money like let's go like (laughs) you don't know who I am like I live for these um and then so they did that those questions um and they had like a second round of questions. And then the last part was, I want you to go on the floor and we just want to see what you do. I was like, what kind of psychological test is this? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about retail. I know nothing about these shoes. Like, am I supposed to help sell these shoes? Like, what do, what do I do? It was the most awkward like part of the interview. And I could see everyone else's faces like, there's some, there's like, I remember there was one dude, he's like, I'm not even kidding, like, I'm so good, like, oh, yeah, God. I'm gonna go sell shoes, and I'm like, bruh, like, so I what did know. you do? <laughs> I went to the, we were on the first floor, they put me in the women's running area, mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, when you just like awkwardly stand, and it, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna ask people, so I went up to the other workers that were on the floor, and was like, hi, I'm in an interview right now, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. They told me to go on the floor. I'm going to ask you for advice. Like, should I be helping you? Can I help you? Is there something that I can be doing? Like, I know I'm new, so I can't really speak to any of this. And 
I guess that must have res- must have been a good way to go about it because like yeah. they're like oh like can you do this for us and um and so they must have like you know like put in a good word for me like how did she how did she go about but yeah. I remember being like this is the most awkward part of this this whole like why like yeah. why did you send us out um and then yeah so end the story basically I got the job so <laughs> yeah and so. Um, this is this is now kind of transition. This is post grad, right? When you first got it, or was it you were no, still? No, I was still in school, junior right? Year. So you you kind of go through. You finish UCLA, and now we're in post grad. The mm-hmm. scariest thought ever for anyone. And you work at Nike. We're gonna fast forward a little bit. I I know the Nike town in Beverly Hills. Um, you can tell us about what happened there, but this is already the time for those of you who don't know, um, Jazzy and I were actually roommates. We were apartment mates. And so we kind of, you know, had a lot of conversations every single day about post-grad struggles. And our joke was bread and water. Bread (laughs) and water. Bread and water. But that was, that was, that was, those are the days. But I think um, just sharing with us what happened at Nike and what it led to eventually. So post-grad, right? Great. Still working at Nike. Still have a job. Bless. Like, because mm-hmm. rent is pricey in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still trying to figure out, well, what is it? What, what am I doing? What am I doing? Right. And eventually I figured out post-grad. I was like, okay, entertainment business. I want to work in entertainment. Mm. How do I do that? Where do I apply? Um, but when you have a job, sometimes you kind of get stuck in your job. And like, I enjoyed working at Nike. It was fun. It was a good time. Like mm-hmm. I was there. I got to go to some cool events. Like I really enjoyed it. So I didn't like super, super focus on like applying to a lot of things. Or when I did apply, it would like, it would go through, it would go through, hear nothing, go through, go through, hear nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it started getting a little, like I kind of got in like a little slump of like, well, I'm working at Nike. Like I'm cool. Right. And then they closed Nike. So Nike Town closed and unfortunately we were told like we'll help you with transferring but just be just know we might not be able to find you a place and I kind of took that door closing as like a okay Jazzy like it's it's time to really focus on what you want to do and where you're going to go next and I remember those doors closed I didn't have a job for like a few months in there and then um, one of my old coworkers hooked me up with like a babysitting job. But even then, like, it was like a small source of income, but I was like, I need to do something. Like I need to, I need to launch off into my career. But it, it was constant of like, well, you don't have this experience. Like there's no experience on your resume for anything um, related to like entertainment. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do? Right. And I was looking for internships. And it, I think that was the, one of the hardest things for me is like, I would find these really cool, amazing internships and then find out, well, you still have to be a student. And I was like, mm. I'm like, oh, well. But you're not, but you're not anymore. I'm you not already graduate. Yeah. I graduated. Like, I was like, is there like a grace period window after that? And it's like, it, it was such a downer looking at some of these, these applications. Cause I was like, well, I don't have that. Okay. I don't have that. I don't have that. And the, mm. And it was hard. Like, it was hard to be like, well, I don't have any of this experience. How do I get it? Um, 
And it was like constant applying, right? And I finally found an internship in Burbank. And I was like, bless, like I have an internship. It was unpaid though. So Mm -hmm. as usual, most internships are unpaid. So Mm -hmm. I still relied on, I would go to my internship in the morning and then I would speed drive back down the 405, back to go pick up, (laughs) back to go pick up the kids that I was babysitting. Bless. To bring them to their house in time, in like a reasonable amount of time, because love this family, but man, they were time sticklers. Yeah. And um, so I was like, okay, well, I have some type of income here. So that's why the joke bread and water comes alive, because... (laughs) I would eat bread and water. And then uh, for like lunch at work, I would like go sneak and be like, what leftovers are there? Like, you know, Um, but yeah, no, that was, that was a hard, that was a hard transition over of like, you have a job that you kind of like, but then there's the slump of like trying to find kind of like that motivation um, to like keep applying when you're just getting rejected all the time. Mm-hmm. And like you would think, like, well, I went to UCLA. Like, don't people want me? Like, mm, it's a big one. I am. I went to like one of the most prestigious schools. Like, so many people apply to UCLA. Like, what does my college degree mean? Like, if I can't even get a simple like internship or an entry level job, and it was, it was so disheartening. Like, the amount of times I had moments where you were probably in your room dancing and having a blast. Like I had my door closed and I was like crying in my pillow. Like it was one of those, those times where I was like, I'm, I'm going nowhere. I'm like, I'm just going to go back to my hometown. Right. Like, and and then you have those, and I feel like anyone post-grad kind of has some dark moments if you're struggling to figure out like, well, absolutely why why can't I be where I want to be and I think sometimes that's what our generation struggles with right like we want to be we want to be there already like we have that goal we have that drive but when we don't get there that's when we kind of feel like you get a little depressed and you it's hard like it's so hard like and eventually like my internship thankfully led into a job right mm-hmm. um and it was it was one of those things where it's like okay I have my internship great like I'm doing this um well what can I learn what can I be doing like trying to ask and it was like a small little internship right so your the team um was really small and so I had like five jobs and like one right so sometimes that would be a little stressful but then like great I'm getting all this experience that I need to get to where I want to be mm-hmm. and so it's like these little tiny little steps that you're taking. And even though it's not that giant leap that you want, like it's taking those small wins and being like, okay, great. I can keep going. I can keep going. Like, this is good. Um, and then you, you get to a point, right. Where you're in a job where you're like, okay, I want to do more. I want to do beyond this. Like what's my next goal. Um, and it's like, okay, I have this dream. I want to be at this company or I want to be doing this kind of job. Um, and it's like the applying continues, right? Like it's a constant, like you apply again and you're like, great. I have experience now. Mm-hmm. I should be able to get it. And you put those applications and then they come back like, I'm sorry, like not yet. And you're like, <laughs> you're literally yanking your hair out going, what do I need to do? Like, what do I need to do? Like, what do a uh, rereading your resume going, is my resume not like special enough? And like, 
Like, what do I need to change? Like, you're constantly like asking yourself all these questions because it's so frustrating, right? When you apply to a job and you're not seeing who's reading it Mm -hmm. or who's looking at your information. And it gets so frustrating because you're like, I just need a chance. Like, let me talk to you. Absolutely. Let me like pick my resume, please. Like, <laughs> and it's like, it, it gets, and then when you're, you're pursuing, like for me, like pursuing this career in entertainment, right. And you're mm-hmm. constantly being told, well, it's who, you know, and it's like, well, does it have to be like, yeah. I know no one. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm from the Imperial Valley. Like I know farmers, I know teachers, I don't know movie star people or producers or directors or someone who works in that entertainment industry. Like I don't have any of that. Like, so, so what does that mean? And even within my own company, it's a small company and it's not like any of these people like talking to them. It's like, Oh, sorry. I don't know anyone there. Like, Oh, maybe here. You should try here. And it's like, no, I want to go there. I want to go that one. Like the star, like, and it's, it's it was grueling the amount of times I went online I went on like um I think it's entertainmentcareers.net or something for like Mm -hmm. I signed up for an account I was like oh I'm gonna check out what's what's going on (laughs) um and I like I applied like no tomorrow I think I still have on my laptop like a little folder that it's like my screenshots of everywhere that I applied oh it's like it's it's dense. Like, yeah. it's not like I'm like, oh, I applied to like five places. No, I applied to like 50 places. Yeah. And it was a constant like check. It was like, it was another job. So yeah. Go online, check. Is there anything new? Is there any updates to my application? Is anyone going to respond? Um, and so I think that was so hard because you're, you're dealing with, you're in your post-grad life, right? You're, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what am I doing? What am I doing? Um, okay. Also, how do I afford rent? Also simultaneously, right? While you're doing (laughs) also doing that, also dealing with like your personal relationships, like whether you have a significant other or you don't, or, you know, and you're dealing with, um, it's just all of these factors that make you grow up real quick. Absolutely. And it's, it's so weird. Like, it's so funny because I was just watching the Some Good News show. um, Uh And there was a section about graduation and literally one guy goes, so what's next? Literally like that question, I think is just for everyone. Everyone Mm -hmm. has that. So what's next? I graduated. What's next? And it's, it's dealing with all of this. That's the scary part, right? Because it's life. It's, yeah you're trying to figure out. And I mean, eventually like you'll get there. Right. But sometimes it takes people a little longer than it does than they ideally would like. And And that's okay. And that's okay. It took me to get to where I'm at. It took me what, two and a half years to finally, finally get an interview to like, Postgrad, you're talking about post. Yeah, postgrad, postgrad. Yeah. Like finally get an interview of somewhere that I wanted to be. Like I got my internship, I got there, but then like I finally got that interview. Like I remember reading the email to this company and going, Oh my God, like screaming, yelling. And I was at my job, which was uh still that little small uh studio, and I was like, Oh, I'm still at work. I gotta 
keep it cool. Like, <laughs> gotta, I gotta make it and yeah. get the job before I can be like, sorry, here's my two weeks. What was the uh, small company that you were at? If I don't know if you if you're able to disclose was, that. What, what was that one? Um, it was a small post production studio. That's where. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So again, trying to figure out what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was like, well, this sounds kind of cool. And so they did like a lot of um. Uh, editing um sound mm-hmm. editing for like a bunch of cw shows um they did a lot of dubbing for like animes and like video games and so it was like a small um private company like they owned themselves like it was a really tight-knit group mm-hmm. um but it was kind of one of those things where i was like okay i'm doing this but within this company there's only so much growth here right so mm-hmm. there's only so many opportunities that are available and I was like, okay, well, let me dive deeper now. And yeah. so having my goal in mind, yeah. you, like, you keep shooting for it. And, of course. And, and I think that, that breakthrough, so that breakthrough happens. You obviously, that reaction at work, um, over, almost three years of you, blood, sweat, and tears, nights crying, all these, you know, things that, you know, I, I don't want to take you back to, but it, it's, it's nice in hindsight. What did that mean for you? What did that mean to you when you finally broke through? It like validated so much. It, it validated my hard work. It validated like I am, I can be more than just some small girl from a small middle of nowhere town. Like I can succeed. I am, I am something that can go far and I will go far. And no matter how many times I feel sad or how many times I feel like I'm getting rejected or, or whatever that is, it's, it, there is so much more that we have inside of us that can keep us going. And I think even if sometimes like you can have this huge flame, right? Like I'm pumped, like I'm going to go get it. But then there's other times in your life where your flame is about to go out. Like you're about Mm. to give up. You're about to give up and go, there was a time in this search for, to try to apply to this job, this where I ended up going. um, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get there. Like I'm, I'm constantly being told declined, declined, like, sorry, your application, sorry, your application. And it, it, it got to a point where I was like literally on the phone with my mom and being like, so how do I like become like a substitute teacher or how do mm. I, you know, like, should I just become a teacher? Like it literally got so like, so down, like where my flame was this big. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes that's the hardest part where you, you go into an industry the entertainment industry, like so many people, right? So many people apply to it. So many people, um, whether you're working in live action, whether you're working in animation, whether you're working in like commercials or whatever that is, um, there's, there's always that like stigma. Well, if you leave, someone can easily fill in your spot. Someone wants your job. And so it's like knowing the vastness of how many people want your job or want what you want also and it's like uh so when it's like when you finally make it to that point it's like i am that person like i can do this i can fulfill my dreams and 
I'm not gonna stop no matter what like you know like it's it's one of those things where it sounds so cliche of like never give up but it's it's really that especially for here in LA like or whatever city you're from it's it gets it gets tiring it gets hard and and I think that's that's the hardest part of like life is like having your own like flame to keep you going on right Mm. I think that's something everyone struggles with at some point like you can tell me you have all the money in the world and are happy with life and everything but there's still something you want to pursue and I think when you lose sight of what you're trying to get to or your goals in life I think that's when I mean, you get in your slumps and I, and I think our life is too short to get in those slumps and we should, no matter how hard it is, like try to keep that positive mindset of like, I can do it. Like I can, no matter how many times I'm told no, someone's going to say yes. Like someone's going to give me that chance. And it's like, it's constantly pushing, like pushing that, that door and that wall that's in front of you or and being able to be like, I made it. I'm here. I'm in. You're not going to kick me out. Like I am going to pave the way further. And like, I don't even, even now I'm still so early in my career where I'm like, what does that mean in the entertainment industry? Right? Like, what is that, that, that paving and making that way and being that leader that you want to be mean. And also like, what does that success mean to me? Right? Like, Mm -hmm what if I'm happy at like a certain level and I don't want to be the CEO? Like that's not my goal, you know? And it's like, it's also being like in your life continuously to find the things that will help you grow and challenge yourself and make you feel alive and like Mm. good, you know, I think. So when I, so when I finally, when I finally got that, yes, that email, I was like, yes you know like this is what i this is my chance this is my my time to prove it yeah um because i feel like i've been proving it since since day one where i was like i struggled i made it like you know what i mean but there's always that new barrier that you have to overcome and and i think i think it's those little wins because it's going to happen again where I'm like, great. Like what's my next challenge? Like what, Mm. what's, what's my next barrier to overcome to be like, actually I can do that. Whether it's trying to get a promotion within my job, like what does that mean? And like, okay, well I'm being told no right now. So how can I continuously grow and, and live life? And, (laughs) and, you know, and I think, I honestly think if I would have gone back and if I, if I was still a biology major, I'm probably going to be as happy as I am right now. I mean, I can't say that for sure. I won't, I will never know, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with despite like, despite some of the super lows of, of this whole journey, like it was all worth it. Like I am in a place now where I can, I can say like, I am so happy with my career. Like maybe if I would have changed something back then, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. You know, it's like all these like 
philosophical questions of like, like, oh, if I made this major change and like, I would have never met these people and would have never had these experiences. And so I think we need to just cherish those moments and acknowledge like, yeah, that sucked. Like I was in the darkest part of my life in this moment and I felt depressed, but it, it, it shaped me into who I am right now and where I can confidently talk to you and see how I feel so much better and I feel stronger and I feel like I still have that flame that will keep going. Absolutely. So what, what would you say to your 13 or 14 year old self, um, having gone through all this, having gone through the transitions, having persevered through the adversities and still going through, you know, obstacles, that will always be a thing, but just everything you've navigated through environments, workspaces, any sort of space, what would you just say, what would you share to whoever's listening, viewing this 13, 14 year old kind of starting out kind of beginning of high school? Uh, what would you say to them? It's a hard question. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> it's a really hard question. It's like, I would want to hype myself up. That's for sure. I'd be like, you 100% that bitch. Like, yes. <laughs> but also I'm only 13. So I mean, I wouldn't say that just yet. Um, man, I mean, kind of like what I was saying earlier, just like, don't, don't take no for an answer. Like always question why, like mm. never, never give someone's like, well, you can't go in that job because you don't have that experience. I was like, mm, why? Why can't I? Like, what? Why not? Or so never, never accept no. Always question why. Be, be less hard on yourself on certain in certain moments of your life. Hmm. Like, think it's not the end of the world if you fail a class. It's not the end of the world if the first job you apply to tells you no. Like, it does not mean you are less worthy. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that um, you're not going to succeed. Um, like, you will go far, you know? Like, I think, for me personally, because I know how hard I am on myself, Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are really hard on themselves too, even if they don't want to admit it where they're like, well, I want to be here by this age and I need to be making a ton of money by this age. And it's like, no, you don't, <laughs> you really don't like, you don't, I think that was probably is, is knowing like you got to keep going and you just don't take no for an answer, like continuously push, like constantly mm. push. Um, even when you don't feel like pushing, I think it's like, uh, I don't even know the quote. I'm terrible, but there's a quote that's in my mind somewhere buried about like, like when you don't want to wake up at 5am, but then you wake up, you still do it at 5am and like you push <laughs> yourself, you know what I mean? Like, cause that's only going to make you so much better. And it's only gonna, it, it's like doing the things you don't want to do sometimes. It's like, you got to do them. Um, and it's like, I wish I could tell myself that too. Like, don't take the easy way. Like, you trust your instinct and trust your gut. If your gut is saying, well, that way kind of sucks and that looks really hard, but it's probably going to have the better outcome. Take that way. Don't, don't cop out and be like, 
I'll, I'll do it later. Or, oh, I'll figure it out mm-hmm. in like a month. Um, cause I think that's the, that was the point where I felt the lowest when I would push it away and not, and not mm. take those challenges and, and not do something that's motivating me. It was like a, it was literally like a slump. So yeah. I think that would be like continuously push and, and even if it's scary, like go for it, girl, like, you know, <laughs> or a guy or whoever, <laughs> like, I don't know who, like, who's listening to this, but <laughs> you do you, you keep going, like, like it's going to happen. It'll work out. Like there there is no need to put a pressure on yourself that you're saying like, I'm not where I should be. Like I am late. No, there is no such thing. There is no such thing as that. You can be 82 and still like, I'm going to learn how to do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's, it's going to be challenging. It's not like it's going to be like snap your fingers and it happens, but it, it's going through those challenges and accepting them and taking them on. Like, like, you know, you can basically. Absolutely. And I think you're you're an amazing example of that. You know, coming from a small town and navigating through, you know, one of the greatest, you know, universities in the world and going through the major change and figuring out post grad life and, you know, our joke of bread and water and, and literally making the sacrifices of whatever it takes to get what moves you and to get what really helps you wake up every single day to keep you motivated to where it doesn't feel like work. And um I just wanna say thank you, Jazzy, for Thank you for sharing your story with us today. Uh, it means a lot. And um, hopefully, you know, whoever is viewing this or listening or tuning in can use this, uh, her narrative as inspiration in your own life and just to continue pushing on forward. So thank you again, you guys, for tuning in on the Of Like Minds video podcast, episode seven. Jazzy, thank you so much. You're thank the you. best. We will catch you later. Thank you. Mm-hmm.